This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he played. Oh, he's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in Texas. In this episode, we are going to preview UTPB's trip to Angelo State with the Lone Star Conference title and playoffs on the line. Abilene Christian visits Stephen F. Austin and Sol Ross is hosting number 20, Harden Simmons. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channel, at Corey Hogue Sports, at C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. You can find my work at TexasFootball.com. Joining me again is Riley Zayas, who is who is one of the foremost experts in Division Three athletics. Find him on your favorite social media channels, at Zayas Riley, Z-A-Y-A. C-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y. In addition, you probably know him more from True to the Crew, which you can find him also at all of those social media sites. True to the Crew, C-R-U.com is also the place to go to find up out, find his work. I am not with it today. Find his work in everything regarding Mary Harden Baylor Athletics, a better Stop the intro here, Riley, and just get into some regular talking. Maybe I'll be a little better with that right now. <laughs> yeah, no, Corey, it, it was another good week. Uh, we really had a lot uh, a lot of interesting results, some surprises, certainly, we were talking about uh, before we started recording here, and definitely some, some good football all around. I mean, we talk about it every week, it seems like, but we are, we are getting into – playoff time i mean we're getting to a place where teams are making that push i've been talking with a couple of coaches this morning in fact and that was something we talked about i mean teams are are preparing for their last few regular season games and getting set to uh to really you know make a run at their conference titles in a lot of cases this is an exciting time to be uh to be following and covering uh texas football there, there are going to be a lot of big games still coming over the last uh, four weeks of the season. And uh, a couple of those are this week, actually. I mean, it this grind is beginning. It began last week for Angelo State. Uh, also, I think it's important right now that we take a moment. And when we talk about our social media, we want to let people know, seriously, come find us on, on your favorite platform. We're trying to get all over the place right now because who knows what's going to happen with Twitter. Uh, as things keep going. So uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Threads, uh, Blue Ski, Instagram, TikTok. You know, I'm on Corey Hoke Sports at all of them. I see Riley with True to the Crew is at all of those places as well. And we would really appreciate you coming and finding some of those because you never know what's going to happen with some of these other apps. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Please do that. Uh, please find us. And um, Corey, you're always posting about all the all the latest Texas football news. So people be, people need to be sure to, to keep up with all that stuff. There's a lot that's gonna be coming out, especially from your end uh, of things and, and coverage over the next few weeks. Uh, one thing I, I released just uh, today, and if we're recording this on a Wednesday, so you're likely listening on a Thursday. So it was released on Wednesday, but. I put out the blitz, and this week's blitz is analyzing why the offenses have gotten so bad in the Lone Star Conference. And you know, we talk. I, I talked to a lot of coaches for this. I I spent quite a bit of time talking to them and going over and hashing out different things, different reasons what it could be. And uh, honestly, right now, Riley, it the quarterback play is just not at the level that we were accustomed to before the pandemic. And and I feel like that's not just a Lone Star Conference problem. I feel like that's a small college problem, a non-FBS around. It it seems like the quarterback play really, really regressed the last couple of years. Yeah, I I can definitely see that. I I think you did a good job of of kind of putting all that, together uh when it comes to the lone star conference specifically but 
yeah, I mean, I think we've seen this with a lot of schools. I mean, we've talked about this with some of the D3s out there. Uh, with you know, We've talked about this over the course of the year with some of the NAIAs. Uh, of course, you know, at the Division II level, uh, as you talked about in, in the Lone Star, it's just one of those things that, you know, again, there's a lot of reasons for it. Uh, there's certainly some great quarterbacks here in the state. You know, we got guys like Tucker Horn down at Trinity doing some fantastic things. But at the same time, a lot of teams right now struggling to find quarterbacks. And, and part of that maybe too, there's a lot of young quarterbacks uh, across the state of Texas. And it's a matter of developing some of those guys too and getting them game reps and experience. And a lot of people, I don't think they realize how big losing that year for a lot of teams or playing an abbreviated schedule really had on, on the development for some of these, some of these quarterbacks. That's the part. That last part you said is the part that I think in the offseason I might see if I can dive into a little more with these coaches when they've got had a little more time to look back on the year because I think it, it's – you talk about the quarterbacks we have doing great, like Tucker Horn at Trinity. Most every quarterback we have that's doing great was with those teams before the pandemic and during the pandemic. I feel like at the high school level, college level, that the pandemic stopped all development, right? Because we shut everything down. You weren't able to get there. The work wasn't put in. And I honestly think we're starting to really see that on the field. And and I would also say it, we're seeing it with more with quarterback right now. But I'm talking to coaches who said they're starting to see it also with offensive lines and defensive lines and their other players the quality of play has definitely is definitely taking kind of a little bit of a downturn. And I think a lot of it's because we just, we shut everything down during the pandemic. Well, and here's a point too, just really quickly to make, I, I think there's, there's plenty of talent. You look at a lot of these guys who are, are playing quarterback. You look at these other positions too, a lot of skill, a lot of talent. Texas always produces a lot of great, great players. And we see a lot of those guys ending up on these small college rosters across the state. But it's a, it's a lot of a feel thing, especially when you get to the college level and being able to adjust to the speed of the game. If you were in high school and you lost a year or you, you lost even just a spring of development as a freshman college player, that can set you back a lot in terms of making that adjustment to the college level and being able to, you know, football IQ-wise, uh, be up at that level. And so, yeah, I think it's just, uh, you said it best, there, it, it was a... Uh, when, when the development stopped, I think it, it definitely had some longer-term effects that we're now seeing a few years down the road. Yeah, we've also – I mean, there's other reasons that the quarterback play has dipped at the conference. Right. Uh, in the Lone Star Conference, you've had some injuries, you know, that have played a role. But you do have a lot of uh, – Cannon Gibson at, at West Texas A&M. I think he's going to be a great quarterback, but he's oh, yeah. a freshman, right? He's yeah. young. He's inexperienced. So you've got a lot of that. Um, it's going to be really interesting to follow something that we'll definitely keep an eye on here as the next, as the years progress and into the off season, we are a podcast on the Republic of football network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Please like subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, megaphone, whatever platform you find us on, please like, and share and follow us there. And to help us grow that's what you do. You like us, you share, you follow, you comment, you leave a rating. And then, you know, talk. My name is spelled Tepper. I don't know. You can, you know, <laughs> you can always, you can always throw him under the bus. He likes to, he likes that kind of stuff too. <laughs> but we appreciate you listening and appreciate you following us uh, wherever you are finding this podcast. Riley, we head to Angelo State for our game of the week. Second week in a row, the Rams are the game of the week. Last week was Texas A&M Kingsville. They went on the road. They had zero problem with the Javelinas, especially in the second half. They forced a few turnovers there, got out to a nice, comfortable lead. This might be, no, Riley, this is the best team that Angelo State has faced since Colorado School of Mines, and it is UTPB. The Permian Basin is coming in to, to San Angelo, and they are on a roll. They honestly look like they're the best team in the conference, but this game feels like 
one of those moments for the Falcons where if they're really going, if they really want us to believe they're as good as we think they are, they've got to go beat the man at the man's house. They really do. I think this is going to be, I think very well could be the game of the year in the Lone Star Conference, just because of what's on the line. Both of these teams obviously come in with a, a lot of, a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum in a lot of ways. UTPB, I mean, winners in their last five straight. I, I, this is a team, to be honest, Corey, you and I talked about this earlier in the year, but really feels like, you know, way they came out of nowhere. Like, we knew they were, might be good. They had some transfers in, obviously, new head coach. But what they put together in a conference that really has some fantastic defenses, what they've done offensively especially – it's it, it just it's been remarkable and I really think that this is a team that is playing with a lot of confidence right now that could serve them well especially going on the road into a pretty hostile atmosphere and uh, against a team that certainly isn't going to give them much of an inch now you talk about that offense it's really good I was looking though the, today at conference numbers and they do they're good they average 34 35 points right around that area uh, against conference opponents but so do the Rams. The Rams are putting up some points in conference play. They don't look as good when it comes season-wide, but they also played a bit of a tougher schedule. My problem, though, is I don't know if I can trust the Rams right now. That loss to Central Washington was a problem for me because now I've actually seen Central Washington in person, and they're not world beaters. Right, like I, I was, uh, I had some people, some national guys saying they feel like Central Washington's the biggest fraud in the conference right now. The problem is they haven't been exposed. The other problem is they've only played one team at that that you know, and that was Angelo State, and that was at home. They still have trips to Kingsville. They finished the season in Odessa at UTPB. If if Central Washington gets exposed, it's actually going to hurt Angelo State, right? So this is where this is what I'm going to tell you now. Angelo State, this is a must-win game. Every game from here on out is a must-win game for Angelo State. They cannot afford to lose a third game in, in a lot of people's opinions and make it into the D2 playoffs this year into Super Region 4. Riley, those kinds of stakes are on the line this week. Absolutely, and and both you know both teams know that. Um, Angelo State especially will know that coming into this. I will say last week, you know, when, when I saw them play Kingsville, really gave me a little bit more confidence in what they might be able to do. I, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, and we talked about this after that Central Washington game, but it's a long trip up there, and and – Granted, that's not going to show up when, when people are looking at your resume and it's not going to, you know, a long trip and fatigue from from uh, flying up to, to Washington. That's not going to come into play when, you know, people are considering putting you in the playoffs or not when it comes down to, you know, the, the playoff picture. At the same time, though, it, it's a little bit more understandable, I think, when you put in that context and then see what they've done as a late, uh, see what they did against Kingsville. Obviously, Kingsville doesn't have – uh, a remarkable offense right now with some injuries and things like that. But the Kingsville defense is, is legitimate and uh, they put up 38 points on them. They did. And, but here's where, here, here's where my question So because I, I've, I've seen UTPB right. and I know that this offense is pretty solid, right? Like, I mean, they put up, tw they can put up 20 points. They can put up 25, 30 points against good defenses. They did it against Kingsville. Um, Western Colorado is a very good defense. That's their one loss. They can put it up. They've got an offense that is, it's the best one in the conference, right? And that's, that's what scares me because they're going to put up points. And I know the Falcons defense is probably a little better than advertised. They obviously didn't get the publicity from the, you know, from the, the 96, nothing and the 87, nothing, you know, they, but those were also shutouts, right? Like the defense right. is really good uh, for Permian as well. I, and I, that's where my, my concern is, can the Rams score enough to counter what we know that offense can do with the Falcons? Cause they're going to score some points. 
For sure, for sure. And I think that's a big storyline that people need to be paying attention to entering this one because it, it will be, a, you know, one of the things I, I don't think can happen if Angelo State wants to win this game, and you kind of alluded to this, they can't get into this kind of high-scoring shootout. I think UTPB wins that in, in almost every case. I think Angelo State, it's going to take a, a superior defensive performance from them, along with a very stellar offensive showing for them to be able to get in the win column here because getting into a shootout with a team like UTPB is just a concerning thing uh, when it comes to, to Angelo State's chances to pull out a win. We'll get into our picks here uh, in a little bit, but uh, before we get there, I do want to say that in doing the game of the week story today, UTPB, this is the X factor, third downs for both teams. Because UTPB offense, 50% this year, they have converted on their third down attempts. The Rams defense, exactly what you expect. They hold teams to about 33%. Angelo's offense is not good on third downs. They have struggled. They're at about 35 36%, I believe it is. UTPB has held teams to 32% on third downs. That, to me, are the numbers that we're going to have to watch. That's going to be an X factor come Saturday. For sure, for sure. Now, that'll be a big one. And uh, third downs, you know, again, you know, when a team converts a third down, it keeps that opposing defense on the field, wears them down. If you can convert a few of those early on, could play a role in the second half with the fatigue for the, for the opponent. Angelo State's got to convert them. That offense has got to stay on the field. They've got to keep the ball out of Kenny Hernser's hands. That's the only way they're going to have a chance, really, to, to in some ways, maybe even stay close. I don't know. We'll see, though. Who am I picking? I haven't told you yet because we got that coming up. We're going to go to the next game. We're going to Nacogdoches, Texas, where at Homer Bryce Stadium on Saturday afternoon, it's homecoming. Stephen, oh, it's also homecoming at Angelo State, by the way. Stephen F. Austin is hosting Abilene Christian. And Riley, this is very intriguing because last year those two teams played twice and SFA won by like three points both times. And the game at SFA came down to a 50-yard field goal by Campos. It, it's these two teams are built very similar. Their head coaches are very similar and they've had very similar seasons so far. They've beaten the teams they're supposed to, and they've struggled with some teams uh, my, that they shouldn't or that they should. Uh, they've struggled with some of the better teams in the country and the conference. But I, I'm curious here because SFA had that. They, they've had a loss at Utah tech. They had a loss against central Arkansas Look, they played their hearts out. They darn near beat, but they should have. They should also won at Utah Tech. SFA is going to put up a fight, but so is Abilene Christian. And Abilene Christian is coming off a little bit of a positivity week against Northern, North Alabama. That was good to see, you know, Abilene Christian get in the wing column there. I mean, they had really struggled, and they go into that bye week and then seem to come out of that and get the third to 13 win. You know, when you look at the stats from that, it wasn't all too impressive offensively, especially passing-wise. I think that'll need to improve uh, because SFA, while you look at their record and they're 3-4, and 0-2 oh, in conference, they're a lot better than that. And, and the fact that their two conference losses came by single-digit margins. I mean, last week, Central Arkansas, you know, it, the passing game was fantastic. You know, 16 first downs converted via the pass, 300-plus you know, passing yards. Those are the kinds of numbers that will get you a win in most cases. Obviously, Central Arkansas was the better team and edged them in that one. But SFA is a very, very good team. I think people do, you know, cannot be fooled by the record because uh, they're, they're very much in contention, I think, when you look at these teams for, to, to get the win here. But I think they're also very evenly matched, and I think uh, both teams want this win from a, a morale standpoint, uh, as much as, you know, and, and the fact that there's a, a deep history between these two teams, as much as just the fact that getting a win at this point in the season it is a big deal. It is. Let me tell you, this this SFA defense is really good. That's what's keeping them, them in these games. Their yeah. defense is yeah. graded out on PFF.com as a 90.2 overall. With wow. a run defense of 85 and a half, <laughs> coverage. 
this is a top-level FCS defense, and Abilene Christian runs the ball well. They run block well, but you're going against a good run defense. Stephen F. Austin's offense, I mean, they pass block okay, right? They run okay, but they don't run block necessarily well this year. Neither team, though, tackles relatively well riley it's it's going to really be an interesting game how this comes down and when then when you look at special teams you've got two kickers chris campos uh and then abilene christian's kicker won the the uh player the special teams player of the week for the second time this year because he keeps kicking field goals longer than 50 yards man like they're so evenly matched in so many different phases i don't know how you pick a winner in this one Absolutely, and special teams plays a big role in the outcomes of a lot of these games. You look at these games that come down to three, four, five points. Oftentimes, there's a special teams play or two in there, whether it be a field goal, a punt block, a field goal block that ended up uh, affecting the outcome. And uh, those are the, the things that you want to keep an eye on as well. It's you know the the offenses and defenses will be key. Uh, the special teams may play a bigger role in this one with how evenly matched both are. Yeah, I agree, and uh, we'll make those picks coming up here in just a few moments. But first, we're heading to Alpine now, Riley. I I wish in real life we were actually headed to Alpine. (laughs) Number 20, Harden-Simmons is meeting the Lobos of Sol Ross out there on on Saturday afternoon. It is going to be a really interesting battle here. You've got a Harden-Simmons team that is very banged up, very injured. They are missing a lot of people. If you want to see more of an in-depth breakdown of who they're missing, go catch my four downs that I wrote from last week uh, on the website uh, on texasfootball.com, or you could even search four downs. It'll come up for you. They're missing a lot of really, really key and experienced players they were depending on. They did get their Galen Glenn, the quarterback, back last week. So that was good news. On the other side, Riley, you've got a Sol Ross team that, uh, honestly, if it wasn't for special teams, they might have beaten Mary Harden Baylor Saturday. What did you see out of that? Yeah, that was an interesting one, to say the least, because we go through the first half, and there's a you know several points where so or two points where Sol Ross takes the lead. Um, they held that lead for a good amount. They go into halftime trailing 16-13, and everyone there is kind of thinking, this might be a game in the second half. Uh, credit to UMHB. They, they came out quick in the second half, got up to that lead, ended up shutting out Sol Ross in the second half. But here I want to note something in the fact that Andrew Martinez, Sol Ross's quarterback, did not play in that game. They started Siren uh, Miles, uh, true freshman. He really held his own well. He scrambled. He threw on the run. He was a little shaky at the beginning, but as he started getting to rhythm, you know, he looked good, and, and they have some reliable receivers there that can catch the passes. Uh, field goal kicking is a big strength of theirs. Uh, you know, I, I think they they continue to be very, very good there. So um, this is a Sol Ross team that, you know, in their last year in Division Three is really stepping it up. And, and honestly, this is the best Sol Ross team I've seen um, watching them for a few years at this point. If they have their starting quarterback back in this one, this will be a matchup that I think could go either way, especially the fact that it's an Alpine and you're playing a Sol Ross team that is just, they're tough. They're very, very tough. Um, they hit hard. They're physical. The, the, they really dominate in the intangibles. And I think that's a big, uh, a big factor, too. And their success, they're 3-3. Three and three. You know, They won three straight uh, prior to last week's loss in Belton. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, I was I was uh, sent a text message with uh, pictures of stats this week, and the you look at the stats overall stats between Whitewater when they played UMHB this year and Sol Ross. Sol Ross is right there. Like, yeah. I was not expecting to see that kind of performance. Like, I. The Lobos have been a little up and down and a little more down this year, in my opinion. And I think uh, Barry Derrickson, their coach, would tell you that, right? Like, he has not been necessarily happy. But, boy, are they hitting their stride right now. And I think that showed against Mary Hart and Baylor. This is a very dangerous game for the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, look at Sol Ross's three losses. They're to Mary Hart and Baylor, who we all know to be a, a very 
strong program year in year out in Division Three. Obviously, had a tough start, but they played three top ten opponents. They're battle tested. They also have you know the other two losses are two uh, Division Two teams. You can't really fault them for that in the sense that you know they're they're still in this transition period very early on in it. Uh, so I think uh, this is a Solrots team that that isn't going to give up much. Now with that said, Harden Simmons, you know. That was a, a dangerous game against Texas Lutheran. Texas Lutheran came all the way down to their 12-yard line, had a chance to win it on the last play of the game. They threw an incomplete pass and ended up losing by five. Texas Lutheran does. But uh, Texas Lutheran playing with their backup quarterback as well. Uh, so Hardenson has definitely has some things to figure out. Defensively, it is the biggest concern, I think, right now with some of their linebackers out. Uh, they really need to, to get a little bit stronger there because there are teams that will take advantage of that, as Texas Lutheran did last week. I'm going to throw one more at you. One more reason this game is is one of the three we're previewing. Because after this week, UMHB and Harden-Simmons week. Don't tell me Harden-Simmons doesn't know this, right? Like, this, that game has occupied so much of their time. They know that game is coming. This is that classic, am I preparing for this team with everything I should kind of week? Because if you don't, this is a Sol Ross team that will knock you out of a, a loss. Let's just say what it is right now. A loss knocks Harden-Simmons out of conference and playoff contention. It really does. And, and let me really quickly just note something in the fact that this game will not count towards the conference standings uh, because Sol Ross, uh, based on their transition period, so that was this was a conversation. Well, it won't knock them out of conference, but it'll knock right. them out of playoffs. Well, that, and so I was just going to add something. So because there's a lot of discussion, this was a discussion around UMHB's game last week. Obviously, UMHB is out of pulse contention with the three losses, but these teams are not taking it easy on Sol Ross, especially at the top of the conference. Howard Payne as well. Uh, because this is a game that will still count towards your resume. And so for a Harden-Simmons team that still wants a chance at a pool C, maybe is still within that reach, they cannot take it easy because this game does count. While it doesn't count in the conference, it will count towards your NCAA resume, and that's something that people need to be aware of. Uh, this game isn't just a, a, a no-contest exhibition. This, this matters, and it matters in a big way. Oh, it, it does. It will play. And not only that, but it'll also play a role in seeding with it being in resume. If you do make the playoffs, it will play a role in seeding. And by the way, let's say Sol Ross beats Harden Simmons um, and, I, and they come up for resume purposes. Mary Harden Baylor has now a win over that. It, you know, it, if things were to play out the way you would kind of suspect they would favorites win, which we know that doesn't happen all the time. But if it was to go that way, that win would actually, you know, the win of Sol Ross over Harden-Simmons would be used against Harden-Simmons, and it would be also used to boost other teams. So uh, it really is a big, big game for the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. No, and, and it can't be overstated. Uh, this is going to be a close one, I think. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit closer than people think, and that's certainly no disrespect to Harden-Simmons, but a lot of respect to Sol Ross, who – has, uh, has really turned things around. Barry Derrickson doing a great job out there right now. He is. He is doing a tremendous job. And so uh, it's also a big week for Riley. Uh, Riley needs a bounce back week here this week because uh, when we get to the picks last week, one of us finally had a good, what I consider a, a, a week that I expect, right? <laughs> good Lord, Riley, we've been so bad all year. I went eight and one. I got lucky on a few. I went eight and one. My record overall, I can breathe slightly. I've got a 36 and 27. I, that could totally change this week. I promise you. Riley went five and four. He went on the plus side. He's 33 and 30. Uh, he's three games back though. And we're starting to run out of weeks. And when we run out of weeks, we're not going to be able to do nine games in the playoffs. So, so it's starting to get slim here, Riley. We are going to start by picking the first game we previewed, UTPB at Angelo State, and I will take uh, the first, the odd numbers this week again. I don't know, man. I, I, I want, I want so bad to say UTPB. I know Angelo's at home. 
that defense. I can't trust. I, I can't trust the offense of Angelo State. There's there's a few things I can trust. I can trust the Angelo State defense. I can trust the UTPB defense. I can trust the UP, UTPB offense. I cannot trust the Angelo State offense. And to me, that makes the difference. I'm going Permian. I'm going 24-21. I like it. I like it. I'm going to also go with UTPB. In um, looking at this matchup, you know, I think there's – you mentioned it too, and we talked about this a few minutes ago. There's a lot of factors here. These are two of the best teams in the Lone Star Conference, and – this matchup will play out as such. I think it's going to be very, very competitive, very close. But I think UTPB has a little bit of the upper hand. And honestly, they have the hot hand. They've won the last five. I really just like what I've seen, the improvement week after week. They're, they're a confident team. And, and, and confident teams usually have a, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, and that can serve them well uh, in a matchup like this going on the road. Give me UTPB. They played really well. That was a good win against Eastern last week. Like, they really are playing good. We are both on UTPB to go to Angelo and win, and it's it's wild that both of us are picking the Falcons this week. Here's another one that could be wild. Abilene Christian at SFA. Who you got, Riley? Yeah, this is going to be another really, really good matchup. I think, you know, we, we talked about it, and I mentioned this. Uh, SFA, both their losses coming by such slim margins. Like, we've seen some improvements in there. I think there's also been some things uh, that are cause for concern. But SFA, to me, is a team that, that really wants this bad. And I think we've seen it against good teams. They played some really quality opponents. Um, last week, Central Arkansas, they, they fought very, very hard. And in a lot of ways, there was a couple of plays there where if things go a different direction, they come out with the win. I think this week they finally do get, get that victory and uh, get that first conference win, which is a big deal uh, for them. It is, because they desperately need wins right now. Both these teams desperately need conference wins right now. And, you know, I got to tell you, Riley, I just – man, I hate to keep saying I don't know, but we got to go with something here. Abilene Christian, Stephen F. Austin, two bad, bad offenses, two really good defenses. The Lumberjacks have a little bit better defense, but you know what else they have? They seem to have something over ACU the last recently. And some and it, it's indescribable, have no idea what it is, but they found a way to pull out a win at home last year. They found a way to win in the in the proverbial whack title game last year at Abilene. I feel like they, they sometimes a team just has your number and it feels that way. And if you remember. I, I don't know if you remember the Colby Carthel shirt twirling incident that made uh, national TV and continues to. That was also against Abilene Christian at Globe Life. They have something there. I'm going Stephen F. Austin. I'm going 27-24. And that takes us into the third game right here. Harden-Simmons, number 20, at Sol Ross. Oh, a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries on defense. Jesse Burleson does not believe in excuses. The coach of Harden Simmons, Barry Derrickson, his team felt they should have won last week. Sometimes that's hard to get over. If you feel you should have won, but you didn't quite play your best. That makes this week tough for both teams, especially with Harden Simmons having UMHB, the week after, I'm going to go Cowboys here, 28-24. I just – I know Sol Ross. Last week, those special teams mistakes, those are things teams do when they're still learning how to win. And uh, I feel that that's kind of where they are, and I, I know Der- I know Barry's going to get them over that hump, but I just don't feel it's this week. 28-24, Harden Simmons. Yeah, I know Harden Simmons has been struggling, you know, and we talked about the the very very narrow wins over McMurray, over Texas Lutheran. Talk about the injuries and, and those kinds of things, but at the same time, I, I think Harden Simmons prepares well. I think they have a lot of talent, and I think if anything, with their rushing attack, with what Noah Garcia can do with the ball in his hands on offense, I think if Harden Simmons can really take advantage of that matchup, 
really you know established a run game. They have some receivers. If they can get things going offensively, to me that's been a, a struggle. I mean, we look at the McMurray game; they really couldn't get things going offensively. They got Galen Glenn back now. Um, he'll be, you know, he, he got back in the rhythm a little bit. I mean, that first game back is always a tough one, and I think we saw a little bit of that, some of that rust against TLU. I think some of that will be a, a little bit further along uh, this week, and I think Harden Simmons gets a narrow, we'll call it a, a seven-point win there in Alpine. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I've, I've got a close one. I think uh, Galen Glenn coming back is really a big difference maker for the Cowboys as well. We head out to Thibodeau, Louisiana. Nichols is hosting Texas A&M Commerce. This is an interesting one here, Riley. Uh, both teams are I, – I, Texas A&M Commerce might be the most improved team in Texas – at any level this year from the start to right now. And Nichols has been a pretty good team this year, most the whole season. It's almost again, two good defenses. It's all I feel like it's a repeat of SFA ACU, right? Two good defenses, two not as good offenses. How do you see this one going, Riley? Yeah, I think this is gonna be a, a real battle for sure, both teams. Um, seem seem to be improved even when you look at where they were in week one, weeks two, you know, week two. Um, I like I like where both are headed. I'll say this: I, I think Nichols to me feels like the stronger team entering this one. Obviously, they've won their last two. Last week's game, a very unfortunate, uh, sad sad deal, and that one gets canceled. Uh, so they did not play last week. But uh, what they did against Houston Christian the previous week, and, and what is their last game? Um, winning that one, uh, you know, 38-7 against a good HCU team. I, I think Nichols is is a little bit better than maybe we thought they were going to be in the preseason, and I think they find a way to get the win this week. It comes down to running the ball, Riley. And when, when you talk about running the ball, you got to stop the run as well. Neither team run blocks necessarily well. They both have a semi-okay run game overall. Both teams can stop the run pretty well. Just Nichols does it a little bit better than Commerce, and I think that little bit better on the defensive side is what helps Nichols also tackling. I look at that yeah. a lot. Commerce does not tackle well. Their their grade is a 55.9. Nichols has a 72 grade in tackling. I think that also plays a large role when you're talking about yards on first and second down. Nichols being at home, give me give me the Colonels in this one, Riley. I'm going them as well. All righty. That takes us now to Texas A&M Kingsville at Eastern New Mexico. I have to pick this one first? What am I thinking? Holy moly, man. Kingsville, look, they don't have Jacob Cavazos. The backup quarterback is struggling. He threw about three interceptions last week. They're, they're struggling on offense. They have a very, very good defense. This is a long trip to Port Hallis, and it's a long bus trip. This isn't a plane ride for Kingsville, right? Like, this, 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 no longer Tarleton Commerce days of flying to some of these games. It doesn't happen in the Lone Star Conference now. That's a long bus trip. That's a hard team with a, you know, you figure you got to leave really early to get to Portales. That takes some of your prep time away. And now you're going against the triple option of Kelly Lee. And this triple option has been really solid this year. It just feels like one of those games where uh, it, it, these happen. These happen quite often. If you follow Lone Star Conference, Portales can be a, a place that dreams go to die. And it feels like that's what's going to happen this week. I'm taking the Greyhounds. Man, Corey, yeah, you and I are, are thinking very, very similar this week because I also have Eastern New Mexico. Listen, this is one of those things when you stop and, and look at what they, you know, who they played. They played three straight teams. They're receiving votes in the top three-five. One of those, obviously, in, in Angeles State, ranked number twenty at the time when they played them. And, and you know the thing, they played them pretty close. Now Permian. Uh, you know, UTPB last week really uh, pulled away from them. 
But at the end of the day, I, I think they fought hard in these games. The triple option can be a tough thing to defend. And, and to be honest, in, in our day of, of modern college football where we have these spread offenses, a lot of passing, a lot of balance, when you get into a triple option for a lot of these guys, I mean, this might be one of the first times that they, they've played the triple option, face that. Um, obviously, even if you play it once a year, or twice a year, it's still an unfamiliar thing. And sometimes it takes a little while to get your rhythm going on that front, especially defensively on the defensive front. Uh, the triple option can wear you down. I think Eastern New Mexico finds a way to get this one done in a, a somewhat of an upset here out in Portales. Yeah, it, it is. It is an upset. It would be an upset, but not necessarily one that we don't think can happen. Because right. we both picked the Greyhounds on that one. All right, Riley. So this one's yours. We got West Texas A&M at Central Washington. Another one of those where a team from Texas has to get on plane and fly up to Washington to play the a team that's undefeated in conference play. It's a good Central Washington team. They're a decent team. They're a physical team. They're going to try to ball control you. Uh, and play really solid defense sounds very similar to what West Texas A&M does. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, these are two very, very similar teams, in my opinion. I think that they have similar styles. Uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about this earlier on in the conversation, but uh, I think, you know, when, when you stop and look at this matchup, the defense is going to play a big role because both teams are, you know, somewhat reliant on their defenses to help them win these games. Now, with West Texas A&M, one of the biggest questions was the quarterback situation. And, and Cannon Gibson, I, mean, I tell you what, last week, 17 of 18, you know, 230-plus yards, he really seems to be you know, finding his consistency a little bit more. And it's not all the way there yet. He's a young quarterback, uh, but, it, but it seems better. And, and I think, to me, if he can be as effective as he has been in some of these better performances, West Texas A&M has a good shot to go on the road and get this win here. Obviously, it's going to take a lot from their defense, but they're going to be my pick in this one. Okay, so you're taking the bus. I am. I am. I agree with a whole lot of what you said. A whole lot of it. But, Riley, there's been a pattern developed with WT this year. And when they play at homecoming at home and, you know, they have the Buffalo lead them out the tunnel, they win. They've had a problem, though, of, of playing the teams in the conference that are a little bit better. They've struggled to win those games, and it's been one-point games. Western Oregon comes to mind at home. Uh, right. You know, they, they've had a, they had another one the week. It's a flight, man. You got to go to Washington. They're playing a Central Washington team that's on a roll that is known how to win. WT is still kind of unsure. I think it's a one-point game. Give me Central Washington. That's where I'm going, All right. Riley. All right. <laughs> All righty. That sends us out to Howard Payne at McMurray. And this is a game I don't think uh, any of us thought we would be discussing at this point of the season. But again, we said last week that's a credit to what Jordan Neal and uh, the, has done with McMurray and how good the Warhawks are, how much better they are this year. Their last game at home was a heartbreaking loss to Harden-Simmons. They then go on the road, and they have another heartbreaking loss to East Texas Baptist. They're hosting a Howard Payne team that's kind of rested, kind of ready. They played Austin College last week to kind of get some of the rust off from the bye week. I like the Yellow Jackets in this one. I'm going to go Howard Payne. Uh, I, I think McMurray can keep this one close, but I feel like the emotional drain of the last couple weeks is where I see the danger being for the Warhawks, Riley. So give me HPU. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Howard Payne in this one. Um, I just think they're, they're, they're too experienced. They're too good. Uh, to be upset in this kind of a situation. The thing that concerns me a little bit about McMurray, we've seen this throughout the course of the season, really. They're not going to put up a ton of points, uh, which puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Uh, you know, if the offense isn't scoring more than 13, 14, 15 points a game, again, that's an offense that's still developing. There's some new parts there. There's certainly some talent there, and, and they, 
you know, maybe a year or two away from all of it being put together with the experience necessary to really contend from an offensive standpoint and win some of these types of games. But, you know, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. And if the defense isn't, isn't all that, you know, prepared or, or there, you know, Howard Payne's offense is just so good to me. Uh, I think Howard Payne finds a way to win this one and wins it by double digits. Not by, not by a crazy margin, but maybe by 10 points. All right, we're both on to Howard Payne. So right now we're watching the West Texas A&M Central Washington game. We got two more picks to go. And Riley, this one's yours first. And oh my goodness, is this a tough one, man. We're heading down to JUCO for these last two picks. We are in the stretch run of the Southwest Junior College Football Conference. There are three weeks left in this season before they start playoffs and Nothing has been decided outside of the fact that Blinn is eliminated from playoffs. That's the only thing we've we've found out. So this week we're going to figure out a little more. Tyler at Cisco. Riley, good luck. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this these two teams to me are are evenly matched, but at the same time, I think Tyler's offense to me has shown a little bit more than Cisco's has. And I think that's going to be honestly the difference in this one. Um, you know, defense defense will play a factor for sure. I think Cisco has done some good things, especially on that side of the ball. Uh, but Tyler, to me, is just you know they're just going to get out to a little bit of a quicker lead, and I think that might be the difference in this one because again, this is this, this whole conference has been so tight uh, through every single week. It's it's hard to know who's going to pull off these wins, but but Tyler is my pick in this one. Now, if you had told me going into this year that a team coached by Stephen Lee as the head coach would be a defensive team with an offense that's just trying to drain the clock, I would have called you crazy. But here we are. That's exactly what he has. And you know what? It's working. It they is. are it four. Is. They're four and two, man. Like they, they are going. They're finishing at least 500. No matter what happens in their last two games, they're finishing at least 500. That's a win for Stephen Lee and for Cisco this year. Uh, look, they held Blend to 19 points. They held no, it, two losses. They gave up 37 to Trinity Valley. They gave up 40 to Kilgore. Since then, they've given up 13 total points. And it's not like they're playing nobody. They played Northeastern Oklahoma A&M. Okay, maybe, maybe a nobody. But Nimi, man, New Mexico military, they went on the road. They went into the Wool Bowl and held them to 10 points. So you talk about the Tyler offense. They put up 52 against Georgia military. They put up 35 against a good Kilgore team to open the season. But they had 20 against Trinity Valley, 16 in an overtime win against NEO. Uh, they lost to Nimi. They only put up 17 points. Right? right? I... It would not surprise me. It's at Cisco. It would not surprise me, but I can't pick him. I've got to go, Tyler, man. I just, I think right now, Tyler's more on the level of those teams of Trinity Valley and, um, and Kilgore, you know, more than they are. And they, Nimi, I know they lost to Nimi, but that offense just had a bad week. Right, like I, it just feels to me that talent-wise, this is one of those Tyler should win, and I think they will. But it it would not surprise me to see the Wranglers pull that one out. And that takes us to the final game that we're picking this week: Trinity Valley at Kilgore. Speaking about good luck, holy moly, these teams are good. Trinity Valley comes in with one loss. Their only loss is to Tyler by 20 to 17. Since that loss, they have outscored Cisco 37 to three, defeated Blinn 37, 24, and then beat Navarro 41, 24. That's pretty impressive. They also have a 31, 24 win over snow college this year. This is a really good team in, in Trinity Valley. Kilgore. They're at home. They've also only lost one game. That was to Navarro, 24-20. Also a home game, by the way. They beat Cisco 40-27 to on the road. They beat NEO 48 to nothing. They beat Nimi 48-23. to They've beaten Tyler once. They'll play them again here uh, next week. 
Kilgore's only losses at home that does concern me. But I'm I'm gonna trust. Man, they had a week off, right? Gordon Prep canceled. That's basically a, that gave them a week off. They're they're a little more rested, maybe a little more rusty. I'm going I'm going to go. Okay, I'm going home team in this one. I'm going Kilgore. All right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hear you, and, and and I think uh, there is definitely this this kind of thought where it's like, you know, this is such a fifty fifty type game. I mean, who knows who's going to pull this out? It feels like one of those games where one or two plays is going to decide a, a whole lot. I mean, you know, because these are these when you're when you're so evenly matched, right? I mean, all it takes is is one big momentum shifting play, and all of a sudden it feels like it's a whole different ball game. Um, in, in this one, though, I, I am going to take Trinity Valley. I think, you know, what, what Darion Peace has done, uh, you know, just this entire offense, I think they're, 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 they're accomplished, they're successful. Now, not to take away anything from, from Kilgore, uh, I think they're going to be uh, just as well, but uh, Trinity Valley is going to be my pick in this one. Going on the road, getting the win. I picked a lot of road teams last week. It, it didn't work for me so well, but we'll see what happens here. I, I have a score on this one too, because I did this earlier today in the game of the week. Kilgore 31-27 is the score I have. These two teams have a history of playing and as they should, right? Like not only yeah. inside the conference, but these teams will be likely again in the playoffs. It could be the championship game again. It, it's these two teams have such a history. They know each other so well gonna be a battle man so we're different on that one so the games we're gonna be really paying an eye on this week we got two of them that we differ west texas a&m at central washington and trinity valley at kilgore and oddly i'm on the home teams again and riley's on the road teams hoping that that gets him <laughs> back into the race this week riley are you feeling a little a little more confident after hearing that yeah, we'll we'll see, Corey. I, I last week the rotis did not come through for me, but who knows? Maybe this week uh, things will will change for me. I, I definitely need them to if I want to stay in this in this race. Hey, you can pick up two games. You can pick up two games this week and pull right there neck and neck with just a, uh, you know, as we head into the final stretch run of the regular season. Riley, thank you so much for joining me again this week, and we want to thank all of you. For who are listening, thank you so much for joining us because without you, we're not doing this. We will return next week with another episode. We're previewing week nine games next week. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hogue. Until we meet again, stay safe. 